This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Some weeks it's easier to find stock ups, some weeks it's easier to find stock downs. Unfortunately, this is one of those weeks where finding stock down will be far easier than stock up when we do that segment on our game recap here for the Houston Texans as we welcome you in on the Utopia Football Podcast on a losing Sunday for the Houston Texans. Saying it's a losing Sunday only begins to tell the story of the 30 to 6 thrashing that the Texans took at the hands of the New York Jets in the second half of this football game at MetLife Stadium this afternoon. Welcome in. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior columnist, who I'm sure was dishing out Fs like they were Halloween candy in his report card for the Texans on SportsRadio610.com. John McClain. John, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great. I think I gave seven Fs, Fs, F-minuses. No F pluses, uh, maybe one F plus. I can't remember what it what it was, but boy, you talk about embarrassing. They could have t- been tied first place in the AFC South. They could have been a game ahead of the Colts. And the only good thing that came out of that game, Sean, is they're in the same situation they were last week. One game behind the Jaguars tied for the Colts, and they've lost a lot of players starting with C.J. Stroud and his concussion. We've talked about this before. When you go out of a game with a concussion, you don't generally come back the next week, and they're playing the Titans in another must-win situation. Yep, they are. And we'll we'll talk about – John, we may end up talking about the Titans game as much as we talk about this game today on this podcast today because there's not a whole lot to dig into that wasn't just wretched for the Texans. We'll, we'll, we'll get to everything we need to for sure and stock up, stock down. John, I'm – I am more upset over the C.J. Stroud concussion than I am over the outcome of this football game. Um, you and I both thought that there was a decent chance they could lose this football game. I don't think either of us thought they were going to lose the game 30-6. to six. But it was you could tell it was one of those games where Zach Wilson got into a rhythm early in this game. Even when it was 0-0 at halftime, I think if you had judged that first half like you judge a prize fight, you know, when it's a – you know, nobody gets knocked out. It's a draw or whatever. You got to judge who, which team looked better. Like it's a beauty contest. The Jets spent way more time on the Texans side of the 50 than the Texans spent on the Jets side, on, on the Jets side of the 50. The Jets were the better football team in the first half of that game, even though the score was tied at zero, zero. And then the Jets proved they were the better football team today, at least um, in, in the second half of that game. So, I mean, I, I can even live with, you, you get the other team gets into a rhythm, even when it's Zach Wilson and you just, it's a bad day at the office for a young team that CJ Stroud is gets concussed in this game that he's been taking so many hits and that the concussion really wasn't something that was necessarily his fault. You know, like some guys, you see some quarterbacks are really, um, you know, they're, they're, careless with their bodies and they put themselves in harm's way 
this was the Texans offensive line getting beat up the middle again and CJ going to the ground on a quarterback hit. And that's the only thing that can to a loss to the Jets can't torpedo the season. The loss of CJ Stroud can torpedo the season. I'm way more upset about this concussion. That to me is a much bigger headline than Texans lose to the Jets today. Quinn and Williams, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, hit him after he threw a pass to John Matchick for six yards. Something was Stroud wasn't playing worth a darn before he left. No. And his wide receivers, boy. You lose Nico Collins after he has a 13-yard catch for a first down on the second play. And your leading receiver is Xavier Hutchinson with two catches. And we'll get into some guys that have stock downs, of course. But that offense was awful. And why they It blows me away they continue to give the ball to Damian Pierce when, once again, Devin Singletary was clearly the better running back. He had runs at 16, 17 yards in the first half he gets those big runs in passing situations but yeah. i knew they're gonna be trouble we talked about in the pregame they can't run the ball that's the second consecutive bad run defense they've gone against and they act like they're first and second overall but you can't run now you're going to play without stroud at least one game maybe more when you're at the stretch drive of four games including the titans twice and and overall you know, they've, they've beaten four quarterbacks taken first overall in the draft, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and, and Kyler Murray, and they lose to Bryce Young, Zach Bleeping Wilson, and uh, and Desmond, Desmond Ritter. Ritter. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, John, I, like, I think that's where they are as an organization right now. That's where they are as a team. They're, they're a team that can beat anybody, and they're a team that can lose to anybody. And I, you know, like I'll be honest, like for the future trajectory of this franchise, I, I'd rather it, like if they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, which they're not. If you're asking me what type of nine and eight or ten and seven record I'd like to have, I like that they, I like that they're going to have one where they've beaten Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and the Broncos and things like that. Like it's frustrating in the moment, but none of us had expectations that this team was going to be great coming into the season. And, and like, and all of a sudden expectations change and you expect that they're going to be a playoff team. Hell, this this week, all week long, I wouldn't shut up about the fact that they had a 70% chance of making the postseason the best out of any of, the, of all these wildcard teams. So I'm as guilty of it as anybody about my expectations shifting. Um, but I just think when it comes to, well, they, I can't believe they lost to this team, but they beat that team. I'm, my, my feeling on that is like, yeah. They're a young, they're good players are all young players. They're banged up now and that's going to happen. You know, D'Amico Ryans is a first year head coach. He's still figuring out what buttons to push with all these guys. Bobby Slowick, whose name I'm sure will come up in stock up, stock down, if not as an actual bullet point, as a subset of a bullet point. He's definitely still learning his way. And boy, John, is he going to get tested as the OC over the next at least week, if not longer, to try to find points with this offense, maybe with Davis Mills at quarterback. Good thing about Davis Mills, he's been a two-year starter. He's had some 300-yard games, including the best of his one of the three best of his career against the Titans when they were good in the last game of his rookie season. They needed to win to secure home field advantage in the AFC, and they did, but he threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. So they know they, they've seen him at his best. Tim Kelly, their offensive coordinator, coached him, but still, man, without Stroud and him being able to make the plays he makes with no running game, 
that uh, puts any pressure on the defense. And in a defense that made Zach Wilson look like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. they're in trouble. Now, it's their own fault they got everybody's expectations up by beating some good games and winning games in the last second. But, hey, we didn't have to worry about the last 30 seconds in this game, did we? Yeah, that's – yeah, for everybody who uh, – that's right. For everybody who 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 didn't want a, 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 a gut-wrenching game at the end here, uh, you you got your wish. Uh, looks like the Chiefs are going to lose to the Buffalo Bills. So add the Buffalo Bills, John, to the list of teams that are seven and six in the AFC. The, the Chiefs, as we're recording this podcast, uh, Patrick Mahomes trying to convert a fourth and fifteen, and he's unable to. And it's uh, I'm not going to lie, I was rooting for the Chiefs in this game, but it's kind of fun watching Pat Mahomes get frustrated. That's <laughs> that's that's fun for me. Um, so yeah, you know, here's the other thing too, about this Titans game coming up, John, and then we'll do stock up, stock down, and we'll get out of here. Cause this was just a disastrous game today. The longer I talk about it, the more I want to throw up on this microphone. Um, the Texans have beaten the Titans in Nashville the last two years. I mean, they, they did beat them with David Culley two years ago and Lovey Smith last year as their head coach. So if CJ Stroud does indeed miss a game, like it, this feels like a game that you can Again, Bobby Slowick is this savant that we all think he is. He should be able to cobble together a game plan that goes and gets the Texans 20 points on the road against the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. If he's not, then he's not, and maybe they lose this football game. But I, I think they can win a game with Davis Mills at quarterback. I'm just angry it got to this point because it's this has been a, a, a progression here of C.J. taking more and more hits once again as the season has moved along. they got a lot of needs in the offseason. They've got a lot of – players that need to step up. It is amazing how many injuries this team has and continues to get. Will Anderson Jr. went out with an ankle injury. Blake Cashman with a hamstring. You look at Tavier Thomas. He went down for the game. It's just like every time you looked up, somebody was going out. And they've done a really good job about players stepping up. But at some point, you know, they've been doing it with smoke and mirrors and a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach who inspires his players. And maybe if they have a bad game like that, it'll help galvanize the team, all the criticism they're getting after all the respect they got before. So uh, they should be able to beat the Titans and rookie quarterback Will Levis. Of course, they should have beaten Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, no, it's I, 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 um, like I don't think they suck all of a sudden. I do think the injuries are a big, big problem for this football team. And the Nico Collins injury. I mean, we spent all this time talking about C.J. Stroud. Once Nico went out, John, I think we. This we this we got we got a we got a good glimpse of what um, an offense with Noah Brown as the go-to wide receiver looks like, and that's a world I don't want to live in ever ever again. Yeah, and unfortunately, we may have to live in it next week. Who knows? Um, do we have we gotten any report on the severity of Nico's calf injury? Uh, as no, to, they're uh, never going to tell anybody anything. Well, I just wasn't sure. You know, sometimes stuff leaks out. I know D'Amico didn't. Say, I listened to the press conference afterwards. I know he didn't say anything. I'm just wondering if if anybody found anything out. Um, all right, let's get Cabin to stock injuries up. are like hamstring injuries. When you have oh. one that's bad enough for you to leave the game, it's very doubtful you're coming right back. Yeah, great. Awesome. Um, and by the way, bad news for Nico. I mean, like this is John now, like Nico Collins is hurt again. You know, he's been so good this year and he's going to wind up missing. If he misses one or two games, he missed a game earlier this year, with a little something, something. That's three games. You know, it's, it's not ideal. Might make him cheaper to keep on a contract extension. Um, all right, let's well, there's get to, a silver lining. Let's get to, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. This was a rough day, dude. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, all right, four stock up, four stock down. John, you go first. Fire away. Jonathan Gennard had two sacks, five tackles, two tackles for loss. He had two hits on a, two knockdowns on a quarterback. He played really well. He played the run well. In fact, they always play the run well, and they did it again. They just couldn't stop Zach Wilson or Garrett Wilson. They act like they had no idea Brees Hall could catch the ball, even though he'd had five catches or more in at least three games. But Grenard played well, put pressure on the quarterback, and he he was he was big time. He's now got hmm. ten sacks, and that's the most in his career. And if he stays healthy, he's going to get a big payday. Uh, yeah. John, you just took the entire stock up thing right there with that one. I can't think of three more. I, I'm like almost uh, like honestly, like I feel like I got to go like Zach Wilson, number two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I got to I got to go to the other side of the football because this was just so. You know what, John? Cam Johnston. No idea what his numbers were. Oh, no idea. I'll tell you, he punted eight times. His average yep. was fifty point six yards. Yep. His gross was forty eight point five. That's a great mm. one. That was my second one. He had okay. two inside the twenty. Great choice. Good. Okay, Cam Johnson. So we have the one defensive player who showed up and the punter so far as our two stock ups, John. What, you, what, 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 what can you possibly come up with here, Merlin the Magician? It's easy. The greatest punter, punt, the greatest snapper in NFL history. Every snap was perfect to Cam Johnston. John Weeks never makes a mistake. If everybody played like John Weeks, they'd go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. He was perfect. Again, how about that for a stretch? I'm going to go Hannah and Joanna McNair. They both celebrated their birthday this weekend in New York at this game, and I saw it on Instagram, and uh, congratulations to them. Now, John, I um, am – taking John Weeks is just genius. That's a go-to, I guess, every blowout win. I'll say this, and I am going to go to the other side of the football on this one. Because I said that the other side of the, the of the other side of the field on, on the Jets side, I'm going to use a stock up on the opposition to admit that I was wrong about something. I said that the biggest mismatch in this game, and the reason that I would be picking the Texans in this game, um, even though you and I both had major trepidation about their chances of winning this game. Um, and by the way, let's a little advice: if the Texans are a road favorite ever again, do not bet them until they cover a spread or win a game on the road. They do not do well as a road favorite. Carolina uh, in this game here, both field goal favorites in each of those games, and they lost. Um, credit to Nathaniel Hackett, John. I said that the biggest mismatch in this game was D'Amico Ryan's calling plays on the tech for the Texans defense against Nathaniel Hackett and his horrible, horrible tenure as an offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Nathaniel Hackett called a great game today. I think a lot of the reason why Zach Wilson had a career day throwing for over 300 yards is because of the play calling. They, you know, they clearly had some things scouted. They took advantage of some real soft spots in the Texans zone. Garrett Wilson was great. Um, I don't know why he was so open all the time, (laughs) Um, but, uh, but I thought Nathaniel Hackett called an outstanding game when they couldn't run the football with Brees Hall. 
he threw the football to Brees Hall, and Brees Hall would make one guy miss, and he'd take off for another 20 yards. Called some great plays down in the red zone to get the ball into the end zone, Nathaniel Hackett did. So, John, I am I'm going off script here, and I'm giving a Utopia stock up to the offensive coordinator of the opposition, who I called a boob on Payne and Pendergast earlier this week. And you know Aaron Rodgers didn't call the plays. He had headphones um, I don't. He was talking in those headphones. They joked about it on TV at the end. And I thought, hmm, you know, he is listening in over there and he is talking. Who's he talking to? John, then good job, Nathaniel Hackett, realizing who should be calling the plays <laughs> the New York Jets, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. By the way, were you as nauseated as I was that Randall Cobb scored a touchdown in this game? Oh, I my goodness. To, I wanted to throw up. I hate of Randall people, Cobb. Randall Cobb oh. went up there, torched the organization, got the job, came out of retirement for Aaron Rodgers, and he scored a touchdown. Oh, I, I can't. I despise Randall Cobb. Despise. Maybe um, Rogers call that play. Why else would you call it? No, play well, that's when Randall he said Cobb. it, John. That's what made me think of it. That's when uh, Trent Green or, or um, <laughs> Kevin Harlan suggested that that could be the case was on that particular touchdown. All right, John, stock down. Well, I can't. I, I want to say CJ Stroud, but I feel sorry for him. 91 yards passing. He hadn't done that since early in his college career. 54.8. Rating he was under pressure, forty-four percent of his dropbacks. But I'm, I'm, he's got a good excuse, missing so many receivers. So I'm going with Noah Brown. Noah Brown was great in those back-to-back victories at, at Cincinnati and over Tampa. And then he came back the last two weeks. He's been targeted seven times. He has no catches. He's just disappeared. Now he didn't practice because of a knee injury. If the knee injury is making him so feeble that he can't catch at least one pass then he shouldn't be on the field but he was so fantastic in those back-to-back games and now he hadn't done squat yeah that john those back-to-back games feel like a fever dream like they don't they like they don't even feel like they happened for noah brown like what was going on in those two games where noah brown just was and he was getting big chunk plays in those games too i mean like he like he it feels like he didn't catch a pass that was under like 20 yards in either of those games it was it was uh it was remarkable. Yeah, he he had a rough one. He couldn't get open. Um, I'm not giving a stock down, John, for this, but as long as we're talking about receivers, because there's plenty of other stock downs to go ahead and give in this game for the Texans, we could probably sit here all day. Um, when is it appropriate for us to start holding John Mechie to the standard of the 44th overall pick in the draft? I don't think this ago? season. I, we've talked in preseason. It'd probably be next year before – they started to see what he was worth considering he had cancer, but you're right. One catch, six yards, five targets. When he that's another guy should have stepped up. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh this is gonna be um John, this this week's injury report is gonna be we say it every week, like this is gonna be so anticipated, the injury report this week. Um, CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, we haven't mentioned that. Like he he supposedly had an ankle injury that kept him out at the end of the game. He looked to be in good spirits on the sideline, dapping up his teammates. That, that felt like one where they were just getting him off of that MetLife turf, um, possibly. But uh, this will be an interesting injury report it's this week. It's good they sure. did because he had no tackles, no assist tackles. He had two two hits on a quarterback, but he didn't tackle anybody. He got yeah, double teamed give... the, team the whole time. Uh, okay, but can I give him a stock down still for sure. something that you didn't mention? Sure. One of the dumbest roughing the passer penalties that no, I've ever I'm seen in my goodness. life. One of the dumbest roughing the passer penalties I've ever seen in my life 
from and I love Will Anderson. I, I'm so happy he's a Texan. I can't wait to root for Will Anderson for the next 10 years. That was just a stupid freaking play by him. The game was still the game, you know, still a one-score game at the time. It was second and ten at the Texans 44-yard line. So the Jets were where they feels like they spent most of the day sitting on the periphery of field goal range when they weren't scoring touchdowns. They were sitting in between the 50 and the 35 on the Texan side of the field. And second and 10, and Zach Wilson throws an incomplete pass, and Will Anderson throws him to the ground. It was, it was just – it was so silly and stupid, and oh, it felt like it was done out of frustration, and it kept that drive moving, and they eventually go down and they score a touchdown. They wound up being – well, the first touchdown wound up being enough points because Matt Amendola can't make an extra point. Um, but Will Anderson is getting a stock down. after John, after being a stock up last week – He's not immune to stock downedness. He is getting a stock down this week from me. This is a big game for him and Stroud to go up and play in front of the New York, New Jersey media. Yeah. And they spit the bet. And it, uh, that, but I, you know, Will feels terrible about that, but yep. he was getting double teamed right off the bat. He's, he's learning how, it's, what it's like to be a great pass rusher. You saw that stat, Quentin Williams gets double teamed more than any defensive tackle in the NFL, and that's why the other three pass rushers have six sacks each. Yeah, dude, can, can we just say real quick on Quentin Williams, and we'll get to our last two stock downs. Um, the plays he made, one in the first half, one in the first play of the game, and then one in the second half, I think, where they handed the ball to Singletary, and it looked like the Red Sea had parted, except that Quentin Williams was attached to Michael Dieter, and he was able to basically like reach out with one arm and grab Devin Singletary and pull him down before Singletary hit the hole. Quentin Williams is a monster. God, the te- if the Texans could find somebody in the middle of their defensive line in free agency next year in the draft, like that's that as good as Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins have been playing for who they are, um, if, the, if D'Amico's defense can get a monster in the middle of the defensive line, holy smokes, this could get a whole lot of fun on that side of the ball. But oh well. Okay, my next, next one, yeah, is uh, going to be a combination of Derek Stingley Jr. and Steven Nelson. Okay, Eric Wilson had nine catches for 108 yards, and he mm-hmm. ran after the catch. And so I don't know which one's supposed to be covering him, but they didn't do a good job. And the Texans have been playing so well at corner, especially Stingley, but they weren't making plays. All we do is see them chasing people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was disappointing. I, you know, especially Stingley coming off being AFC defensive player of the week. I was real. I was really hoping the Texans would go up there and and make a statement. And I don't even mean make a statement by winning the way that the Jets did today. I think just win, merely going up there and winning that game would have been a statement by the Texans, considering the elements and considering um, that the defense on the other side there for the Jets, um, the fact that it, you know they did it, they would have done it up in New York. Um, that that was. That was disappointing. That's a good one, John. The corners and and all that they gave up to Garrett Wilson, who it felt like was open all day long. Uh, my last one here on stock down is Damian Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce is just having an awful 2023. I don't think it's all his fault, but when you combine injuries with just a complete lack of productivity, um, there is just there's something about Damian Pierce and this offense that's just not meshing. It's not jiving at all. He had four carries for nine yards today. Um, I think he he caught a pass and got stopped behind the line of scrimmage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, one catch for minus two yards. Um, I, again, I like I don't know how much of it's his fault, but it ain't working for Damian Pierce. There's like no kinks that have been worked out. Devin Singletary's at least doing a few things here and there in this offense. And I'm talking into, I mean, but 
over the course of the full year, a few things, including two monster games when Damian Pierce was out earlier this year. But it sucks because Damian Pierce was one of the few watchable things about this team last year. I don't like seeing him get the ball now, John. Like, I don't like seeing him in the backfield. I hate that because I love Damian Pierce. I really do. But there's nowhere to go but stock down with him right now. He is He's not an asset to this team right now. Sean, I just thought of something. Considering the problems they've had in the offensive line, a lot caused by injuries, but uh, they should have some stability by now. Chris Strasser, who came from Indianapolis in his first year's coach, could they be with a fifth offensive line coach in five years next year? Could he be one and done? I say this because Bill O'Brien told me early in his tenure, one of the things he learned about from Bill, Bill Belichick and some other coaches, a coach's first staff, usually he has to learn who he wants to keep. And if he's afraid to make changes or he hopes somebody's going to get better, he's doomed. You, you, that first staff has got to undergo changes. And I can't wait to see if, if D'Amico adheres to that philosophy. And considering all the problems they've had with blocking and running, I don't even know if Strasser's ever coached his own system like Bobby Slowick is running, but that's something I'm going to try to find out. Well, I, John, I think you're on to something. I thought the same thing during the game, you know, a little like with Mechie where I'm like, all right, at what point are we allowed to like really hold this guy accountable kind of thing? Obviously for totally different reasons than Mechie, but like Chris Strouser felt like untouchable through the first six, seven weeks of the season because it was a revolving door everywhere. Like it, you know, the feeling was nobody can really get their arms around this thing. If Titus Howard's playing left guard, he's missing games. Laramie's missing games. Oh my God. The center got hurt again. Um, all these things. Um, are we at a point now with Strasser where we really can grade him based on what we're seeing week to week with the offensive line? Um, we'll find out. Paul Dunn got fired in that first year with Bill O'Brien. Like, ironically, that you're bringing up that as sort of an example. And I think it's I, I agree with that sentiment that O'Brien expressed to you. Um, Paul Dunn, the offensive line coach, got fired. Now you replace him with Mike Devlin. And the offensive line never got good for the Texans. So whatever. But um, I'll, I'll say this about this particular group. You can't fire the linemen. <laughs> you know, you can they always say you can fire the coach, you can't fire the players. That's really true with this offensive line. I mean, they've drafted guys who still have years left on their rookie deal. They gave extensions to three of the guys, big money extensions to Tunsil and Titus and Shaq Mason. If you're trying to make change along the off, if you feel that something needs to change on the offensive line, it's very expensive for you to change the players out. It's very easy for you. <laughs> To change the coach out. It's just the fact, it's truth. It's the fact of the matter. You know, it's, it, if you go swapping out, you know, they're not, not going to do anything with Tunsil, but if you decide like, man, we made a mistake with Shaq Mason or we made a mistake with Titus Howard, you're going to eat millions and millions of dollars in guaranteed money doing that unless you can trade them. And who's going to trade for a guy that the Texans are getting rid of on their offensive line? Yeah, you know it ain't I mean? happening. Yeah. So I'm with you there. John, this is going to be an interesting week. Uh, this is going to be probably the most tumultuous week that uh, Texan fans will have experienced. Uh, easily since the loss to Carolina, maybe since the 0-2 start, maybe all season long considering C.J. Stroud is probably going to be on the injury list this week. Two weeks ago I saw when the Titans played in a primetime game, they had more players on injured reserve and more players lost to injuries in eight team in the league. Texans, I think, have more – key players that have been lost. Yeah. So it'll, it's a good chance. Maybe Will Anderson can play, but boy, you're talking about one of his wheels. So um, 
there's a chance they could play without every player they lost in this game, and that would be terrible. Catastrophic. This is a catastrophic, catastrophic loss for the Houston Texans today on many levels. John, even though they lost, I always enjoy doing this with you. Thank you very John, much. John, I do too. Thank you very much. All right, good stuff. We'll be back on Tuesday. I imagine the mailbag is going to be popping on Tuesday. Uh, H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. John, I was very surprised Clint Sterner and I did not get a single phone call in the postgame, and we, we the phone board was full the whole time. I was surprised we didn't get a single phone call with people complaining that C.J. was still in the game uh, down 18 with whatever, six minutes left in the game. I, I, I had no problem with him being in there. If I had thought about it more, I might have – not had that take because just thinking about the turf at MetLife Stadium, getting him off of that. I know it wasn't a turf issue with his injury, but I was surprised we didn't get anybody calling in saying that C.J. Stroud shouldn't have been in the game. Thought never crossed my mind because he's a rookie and he needs to he, he needs to have experience in every situation, especially one where you're getting your butt kicked for the first time since the first game of the season against Baltimore. Yep. Um, big thanks to James Jackson, our producer, who gets this podcast out to all of you in a timely fashion. Again, the mailbag episode on Tuesday, H-O-U, mailbag at gmail.com. If you want to weigh in on anything Texans or NFL related, uh, we appreciate you doing that. Appreciate all the support for the uh, podcast as well. Click that subscribe button if you do like the podcast and you want to get it uh, sent to your listening device, um, ASAP. Uh, then clicking the subscribe button gets that job done. Give us a review as well. That always helps the uh, the algorithm when you review us and tell us uh, what you think. We like five-star reviews the most, so if you want to do those, that would be great. Um, so for James Jackson and John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you on Tuesday as this season, the drama of the season, continues to twist and turn for the Houston Texans as they take on the despised, nefarious, oiler uniform-wearing Tennessee Titans this weekend. Until then, so long. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.